Welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! She was so talented, gifted. Do you know what I mean? When you see someone and you're just like, like you just you just have it. It seems so natural, like, like, like they're not even trying and just so much talent. I mean, gifted, talent, I, I, I call it a God-given ability. I mean, I saw it. Others, other leaders saw it. We recognized it, and we called it out. And we, and we used one of my favorite Miami Church sayings, I see in you. I see in you. I see gift. I see talent. I see passion. I see ability. I, I see something that was given to you that you're just really good at. I see in you. Sadly, over time... She, she walked away from her gift. She walked away from her talent. She, she walked away from her opportunity. She didn't use it. It's really heartbreaking. See, she, she let fear be the loudest voice. She let the voices in her head say things like, well, well, I, I can't. It's, it's too big. It's too much. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed. I, I, I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. I can't do it. My heart broke. And I just felt myself pleading like, no, no, but you have it. it. It's you. This is who you are. This is who God created you to be. I mean, it's a gift. It's a talent. It's a God-given ability. You have it. You, you have an opportunity. I mean, this isn't normal what you have. Not everyone has. This is from God. It's a God-given thing. You have an opportunity. You could be part of something bigger. You could be a blessing to so many. You have it. I mean, what about you? If you take an honest look in the mirror, what gifts do you have? I mean, what God-given gifts do you have? Gifts, talents, things that other people don't have, but you're just naturally good at. What gifts do you have? I mean, is there anything sadder than seeing someone walk away from their talents, from their gifts, and not use them? Is there anything sadder than seeing someone miss a God-given opportunity? Is there anything sadder than seeing someone not reach their, their maximum potential? What I've learned in life is that life is really a series of opportunities. I have opportunities. You have opportunities. What opportunities are in front of you right now? I mean today, this week. What opportunities do you have? And what's your self-talk like? What's the voice in your head saying? What's the, the loudest voice saying to you right now? 
many times in these moments when there's opportunities for me, many of them unexpected or many of them that I'm not certain about, my, my voice sounds a little bit something like this. I wrote down some of the words. Well, that's too scary. Well, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm sure there's someone else that's better at it than me. Well, I'm, I mean, I've never done that before. Or, man, I'm just tired or I'm, I'm busy. I got a lot of other things. It's just too much. I can't. I can't do it. Do you see yourself in any of those voices? Can I, can I let you in on a, a couple of secrets? You're not alone. Every single one of us faces doubts and fears. Every single one of us has voices that are competing for, to be the loudest in our head. You're, you're not alone. You know what another secret is? You'll never be ready. You'll never be ready. You'll never be ready to get married or commit. You'll never be ready to have kids. You'll, you'll never be ready to start a business or to go back to school. You'll never be ready for that hard conversation you know you need to have. You'll never be ready for God's calling. You'll never be ready financially or emotionally or spiritually. You'll, you'll never have enough faith. You'll never have enough cash. You'll never have enough courage. And you know what? If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. I've never been ready, and I'm sure I never will be ready for anything God has called me to do. I mean, that doesn't mean I haven't prepared. I I mean, I've got an education. I've worked hard. I've got experience. But I've come to terms with the fact that I'll never be ready for anything God has called me to do. I'll never be ready. I'll never feel ready. I mean, what about you? What's, what's in front of you? What opportunity do you have? What's stopping you? What's holding you back? I mean, here's the good news is God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I mean, this is the MO of Jesus. This is the, the story of Jesus. He, he always chooses the unlikely or the, or the unqualified. I remember when I was in elementary school. I don't know your elementary school experience, but, but we always had recess, kind of mid-morning, and we would go out to the playground, and we always ended up playing either soccer or basketball or football, and we would choose teams. And somehow I would end up most of the time being one of the captains, and so there's two captains, and you would each get a choice. Like, well, I'm going to take, take Juan, or, or I'm going to take John, or I want Mark. Right? You would pick your team. Now, when I was captain, I would always pick my team based on the best players. Well, who's the best basketball player? Who's the best soccer player? That's my first choice. I want the best players on my team. Jesus, when he's the captain, he seems to, to get it backwards. He's like, all right, well, who, who's the most unqualified? Uh, I mean, who, 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 who's the most unequipped? Who, who's, who's the most unlikely like, where's the I-can't I guy? Where's the it's-too-much-for-me girl? Yep, yep, come on, this is my team. See, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. See, my, my, my language is like, but, but, but I start doing that, bad, what I call reverse or backup language. But, 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 but I can't, I can't, I can't, it's too much. But, but, but. 
If you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting the rest of your life. You know, we're in this message series that we're calling Find and Follow, and we're basically just going through the, the story of the first church as recorded by Dr. Luke in Acts. If you're new to the Bible, the second part of the Bible is called the New Testament. It begins with the story of Jesus and what's called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the fifth book is Acts, which records the story of the first church. And we're simply looking at the story of the first church, these, these men and women who, who followed Jesus, who, who saw something, who saw him die and then alive, and they began the church, and we're trying, simply trying to model ourselves. Out, well, what was the original idea? What was the original intent? What did these first women and men do? And if you look at this, and again, we're just kind of going section by section, chapter by chapter. If you read through this and look closely, you'll see there is a theme. There is a theme And the theme is that ordinary women and men, unlikely, unqualified people, are used by God to do extraordinary things. In fact, today we're in part 7 or Acts chapter 7. And I encourage you to read it. Maybe you want to read it with the last part of chapter 6 into 7. I encourage you to read it today. But if you read it, there's a guy named Stephen. And Stephen is basically standing in front of a group and he's giving the grand story of God. And he's telling this grand story. And, and you don't have to know all the history or understand all the history to see that Stephen's just telling a story like, hey, God, there's, hey guys, there's this amazing God, and he loves you so much. And he's coming after you. He's pursuing you, and it's evident that he sent his son Jesus. And he sent his son Jesus to, to bridge the gap between you and me. And I, I long to be in a relationship with you, and I'm pursuing you, and the evidence of this is Jesus. And he's telling this grand story of how God has been weaving this all along. And here's what struck me as I've been reading and studying this story. What struck me is that God uses ordinary men and women to tell the story. God uses ordinary women and men like me to to live the story, to demonstrate the story. And Stephen tells this grand story. And I don't have time in this message to to recount the, the entire story, and I would encourage you to read it for yourselves. But, but, but there's a few people he, I just want to highlight quickly. I mean, one of the first persons that he highlights is a guy named Abraham. You see it in Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 2. And he says, Brothers and fathers, listen to me, Stephen replied. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. At the time, Abraham was still in Mesopotamia. He had not yet begun living in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said. Go to the land that I will show you. God says, leave, Abraham. Go to the land I will show you. I love how the writer of Hebrews captures this moment in Hebrews 11.8. He says that Abraham had faith. So he obeyed God. It says that God called him to go to a place that he would later receive as his own. So he went. And I love this last line. He did it even though he didn't know where he was going. He did it not knowing where he was going. Abraham didn't know the final destination, but it didn't keep him from taking the first step. What's the the first step or maybe the next step you need to take right now? 
what, what's the first step or the next step you need to take in your journey? See, as I've come to know God more and more, if you take the first step, then God will reveal the second step. See, but the challenge is, most of us want a 25-year plan. Like, if you could just lay out the 25-year plan, then I'll take the first step. And we want to know exactly where we're going and exactly when we'll get there. But God doesn't operate that way. See, God gives just enough revelation. God gives just enough grace. God gives just enough strength. And so without knowing where he was going, Abraham took the first step. There are moments in life when, when you need to make a move. You need to quit a job or end a dating relationship or trust God or step out in faith or give. And you need to take the step without knowing what the next step is. My, my encouragement to you and me right now is, is don't wait for more revelation. Be obedient to the amount of revelation God has already given you. So what step? Maybe it's a first step. Maybe it's a next step. What step do you need to take today? Don't wait. Don't put it off. Another guy that he highlights in this is a guy named Moses, which again, even if you're new to the Bible or the story of God and Jesus, this guy's familiar. Look, look what Stephen says about this guy in Acts 7, and I'll just read a couple of verses beginning in verse 20. He says, at the time Moses was born, he was not an ordinary child. So here you start seeing this idea of, of gifts and talents and ability and purpose and meaning. He says, hey, for three months, Moses was taken care of by his family. Then he was placed outside. But Pharaoh's daughter took him home. She brought him up as her own son. And Moses was, was taught all the knowledge of the people of Egypt and became a powerful speaker and a man of action. That, that sentence struck me, by the way. He became a powerful speaker and a man of action. He keeps telling, I'll skip ahead to verse 30 for the sake of time. He says that 40 years passed, and the angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush. And this happened in the desert near Mount Sinai. And when Moses saw the bush, he was amazed. He went for a closer look. Then he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses shook in fear, and he didn't dare look. Verse 33, it says, The Lord said to him, Take off your sandals. You must do this because the place where you are standing is holy ground. God says, I've seen my people beaten down in Egypt. I've heard their groans, and I've come down to set them free. Now come, and I will send you back to Egypt. Moses I've seen the need and I'm going to use you, an ordinary, flawed, unlikely, unqualified person. I'm going to use you. Now, what I love about this story is if you probe deeper into the story of Moses. In fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, back in the Jewish scriptures in Genesis, Exodus, the second book of the Bible, Moses really, he writes an autobiography. He writes an encounter of this. Uh, this. He writes a, of his, his own personal story of what happened in Exodus 3 and 4. 
And he sees this burning bush, and God says, Moses, I want to use you. (laughs) And I I read back through the story. I picked out a few verses that I thought, man, this sounds like me. Exodus 3.11. Moses, I I want you. You go back. Verse 11, Moses spoke to God. "Well, Well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? I mean, who am I that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Continues, verse 13, Moses said to God, I mean, suppose, I, suppose I, I, I go to the people of Israel, suppose I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and suppose they ask me, what is his name? What do I tell them? I mean, what if? I mean, what, what about this? Or did you think about this? What? Skip ahead to, verse, to chapter 4, verse 1. Again, God is saying, Moses, I'll be with you. Go. This is what I'm calling. This is your purpose. I, I mean, verse, verse, chapter 4, verse 1. I mean, what if the elders of Israel won't believe me? I mean, what if? You see all these what ifs? What, I mean, what if they, they won't listen to me? Suppose they, they say, the Lord didn't appear to you. Then what should I do? Verse 10. I love this. Stephen says he was a powerful man of words and action. Verse 10, Moses spoke to the Lord and he said, Lord, I, I've never been a good speaker. I, I haven't gotten any better since you spoke to me. I don't, I don't speak very well. I mean, not me, not me God. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It's too big. It's scary. Verse 13, Moses said to the Lord, please send someone else to do it. Moses, I'm calling you. I've given you an opportunity. I've given you the gifts and the talents and the ability. I, I'm, I'm calling you. This is part of your purpose. This is why you were created. I, I, I mean, you, 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 why don't you just send somebody, send somebody else? Here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about me. You were created with purpose. You were created on purpose. You were created for a specific purpose. And you've been gifted. I mean, I'm talking about natural God-given gifts and talents. You were gifted according to your purpose. You're created on purpose, with purpose, for a specific purpose, and you're giving the tools, you're given the gifts, the talents, the God-given ability according to your purpose. See, purpose plus gifting equals opportunity. Purpose plus gifting, opportunity. So you have an opportunity, like Abraham, like Moses, like Stephen, like these first men and women in the first church. You have an opportunity to be part of God's story, to be part of the grand story, to be part of something so much bigger than you and so much bigger than me. Sadly, most don't. Most follow the pattern of Moses. But but I can't... Most are overcome by fear. Most don't get past the I can't. Please say yes. Church, family, friends, please say yes. I want this for you so badly. I want to see you live your purpose. I want to see you you maximize your potential. I want to see you seize the opportunities that are in front of you. Please say yes. And it simply starts with your first step or your next step. Please say yes. 
You don't have to know the 25-year plan. You don't even have to know the next week plan. Just see the model of Aram. What next step? What's the first step or the next step that you need to take today? I mean, some of you, 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 need, you, some of you need to say yes to Jesus and be baptized. You, you've been exploring, you've been asking questions, you've been kind of doing your homework, and that's great, man. We've created a church and a culture where, where people that, that don't know God can come and explore, and that's amazing. But some of you, you've been, you've been, you've been circling too long, you've been exploring too It's time to say, okay, Jesus, I want to follow you, I want to be baptized. Some of you, you need to be baptized. You need to send an email right now to, to hello at miamichurch.com and say, I'm in, I want to be baptized, and we need to throw a, a baptism celebration for you. I mean, some of you, you're holding back. I mean, you, you, you're holding back your, your talent. You're holding back your gifts. You're, you're sitting on the back row with your arms crossed, and you know, like, man, I, there's so much I could give. I, I have skills in technology, or I, I have skills in social, or I have uh, skills in music, or, or I have skills with with kids or other areas that, that, man, I can use those skills to be part of something bigger, but you're holding back. Some of you are holding back your resources. God's been prompting you to, to be more generous, to give more away, to, to not let money have its claws in you, control you, and you're holding back. Say yes. Whatever your next step is, say yes. Say yes. Be like Abraham. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to go. See, Jesus is more worried about your, your next steps than he is your missteps. Well, but Greg, you just don't know. I, I mean, I did this, Greg, and, and you, I mean, you just don't know my whole story, Greg, or this happened in the past, or, or Greg, I was burned over here, or this. See, Jesus isn't concerned about your missteps. He, he's concerned about your next step. You know, several months ago, one of our leaders in our church, a key leader, someone I love dearly, someone I respect, he, he stepped in it. He said some things and he did some things that were just embarrassing. And they weren't in line with our church. They weren't in line with what I believe to be the heart of Jesus. And I remember the moment. It was one of those like, Oh, just rocks the core, rocks the, the gut. And I remember calling him, and it was a tough conversation, not, not fun. And the following day, we sat down and looked each other face to face. And I'll, I'll never forget, he, he came into the meeting. He was sad. He was hurt. He was humbled. Apologetic, very repentive. And I just remember him looking at me and say, saying, Greg, I, I, I just think I need to step away. I just, I just think I need to take some time away from the church. I think I need to step back from leading, step back from volunteering. And he looked at me and he says, Do, do, you, do you want me to, to step away? When that moment, as strong as I could say it, as strong as I could feel it, I said, absolutely not. No way. That's not the Jesus I know. 
That's not the Jesus I serve. That's not the gospel I believe. I said, listen, if you step away, if you, if you take a break from the church, if you take a break from leading, if you take a break from volunteering, then that's communicating that Jesus loves you as long as you're perfect. I mean, if you, do, if you just stay in line and do everything right and you, you take all the correct steps, then Jesus loves you. I said, but that's not the gospel I know. That's not the way of Jesus. I mean, when I'm studying the first church and, and reading about these men and women, that's not what I see. What I see is broken and flawed and unlikely and unqualified men and women. People like me. People like you. And God calls them. Gives them purpose. And, and God gives them Gifts and talents and God-given abilities. And then he says, you have opportunity. You have an opportunity to be part of something so much bigger. And I don't see any of these men and women being ready. I don't see any of them not facing fear and doubt. But they take their opportunity. And they're part of something bigger that God is writing. And friends, I believe today that you have an opportunity, that I have an opportunity. You were created on purpose, with purpose, for a specific purpose. You've been given talents and gifts that you have that no one else has that are according to that purpose.